The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Okay, for all of our loyal listeners and viewers, this is perhaps a much-needed cram session. Just to update you on some things before you get ready for your drafts tonight, tomorrow, Friday, all throughout the weekend, Labor Day. We've got so many drafts coming up, so we're going to give you our updated position previews. What has changed since earlier in the month when we did our initial round of position previews? Sleepers, breakouts, busts, kind of an updated version of that as well, even though uh, we had a full show of that on Monday. Now, for you new listeners, maybe you're just searching through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast for some fantasy football advice. Or maybe you're searching on YouTube. Yeah, it's okay. We forgive you for not being here for the ride. We've got this cram session for you, your cheat sheet, your Cliff's Notes to get ready for your draft. So here we go. What's going on, Dave and Heath? Are you ready to cram a ton of fantasy football knowledge into one hour? I am so ready to cram the information into one hour. I am about to explode. This is this is how I existed for most of my life, not doing things until the last possible moment that I might be able to do them. I, I would disagree that this show is for our loyal listeners because our loyal listeners have already heard everything we said. No. This this is this is that's that's good. We've no, don't tell, don't give here. them a reason to turn it off. Uh no, this will be they, helpful. Our for loyal everyone. listeners never would. This will be helpful. We'll for put everyone. in some new stuff into the cram session <laughs> yes, that the loyal would, listeners <laughs> haven't heard yet. Yes. I do have to ask before we get into the position preview updates, what was the biggest news from yesterday? Heath, biggest news from yesterday. Um, I mean, I think pro- probably it's the Marlon Mack thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, I thought Damian Pierce was the lead running back, but I thought there was a possibility that he was going to have to share with both Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead early in the year. Like, they might want to give Marlon Mack a chance to prove that he has nothing left, and they've seen enough to see that he has nothing left. So. I bumped Damian Pierce up a little bit higher. I don't think I'm going to get to draft him very often, but I do think like top 12 running back is in the range of outcomes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get this. He might get 15 carries and three or four targets a game. Let's get this Twitter poll out. Let's take a look. Cause I I think it's, I think it's pretty stunning at this point, but well, it's, uh, I I got the poll. I got it. I got it. Nobody knows what it is. I won't. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's stunning. Because, wow. This is not the one I thought it was, actually. I thought you did one with A.J. Dillon. Oh, no. Who are you drafting first, Brees Hall or Damian Pierce? Okay, so you have the the elite running back prospect, first one drafted in Brees Hall, and then Damian Pierce, this 
you know, a guy, I, I don't I don't really know how to describe him as a prospect. I guess kind of interesting. We just didn't see a ton of him at, at University of Florida, but doesn't really compare prospect-wise to Brees Hall. Uh, and who, who are you drafting first? I put it up this morning. We have nearly 1,100 votes, and Damian Pierce has 55% of the vote, and Brees Hall has 45% of the vote. I know mm. Jamie, in our pick-by-pick series, and you should read those articles, we give you a, a lesson on how to pick from each spot in the draft. Jamie took Damian Pierce ahead of Brees Hall in that pick-by-pick series. I know he has him ranked ahead of Brees Hall. How about you guys? Dave, who are you taking, Brees Hall or Damian Pierce? I still have Hall first. I'm I'm getting very nervous that we're drafting Damian Pierce uh, right up on his ceiling, if not like beyond his ceiling. He's he's a he's a good prospect. He was my favorite running back during Senior Bowl week. He impressed me the most on film from practices, and I know that he was a good player at Florida. But we've talked about this a ton. He wasn't the main guy there. There were coaches in Florida for four years that wouldn't put Damian Pierce in a situation where he was the main running back. He constantly split work, and I think we're 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 very excited off of what we've seen. From Damian Pearson, rightfully so, man. He's 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 got some good burst. I think he can catch. Uh, he laid out an unbelievable pass block against a defensive tackle. Like he's doing a lot of really good things. But when you're taking him in round four, I feel like that's the area where you're taking running backs that can that are supposed to get you twelve hundred total yards and seven to eight touchdowns. And is he that guy this soon, this fast in this offense? I'm nervous about that because there, there's not just Rex Burkhead there. They brought in Dario Gumbawale. I'm nervous that he could be the passing downs back. Burkhead could be kind of a fill-in for both those guys. I don't know how they're going to do it, but he's not going to be the only one there. And everyone's kind of viewing him like he's the only one there. And I, I just don't know if that's the case. He's good, but I don't know if it means he's going to have huge numbers. And it's the Texans. It's almost like the very test case for does running back matter. Because it's two terrible offenses with second-year quarterbacks that we hope get better, but really have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of I an think we, we would all agree that Michael Carter is a bigger threat than Rex Burkhead and Daria Gumbawale. Yep. Um, but Brees Hall was much more talented than Damian Pierce. Um, I do have Pierce higher right now. I, I strongly prefer Hall and Dynasty. But... Like for redraft purposes, it's basically just I I think it's more likely that Damian Pierce sees 18 touches a game than it is Brees Hall. Ooh, and I this. don't have much reason to think Brees Hall is going to be wildly more effective because they're in the same offenses. Look at this comment. Pierce <laughs> Damian Pierce is the Bishop Sankey of 2022. <laughs> what a throwback. But I think some people might say that Brees Hall could be the Bishop Sankey of 2022. Like you can make the argument for both of these guys that you know, they're being anointed way too soon, and they could both fall off. They could both be wastes of a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you don't I've got have to, to admit that I do not five. recall Bishop Sankey. Bishop Sankey was a rookie oh, for the Titans. Bishop Sankey. That uh, I mean, I remember the name, but I don't remember us getting really excited about him and. I don't know if you, you were, were not. That. I don't do not think you were on fantasy football today at that I, point. Did, I mean, you can check your your personal. No, I was definitely you. not on fantasy football today, but I was producing fantasy football content. Um, do you remember? I just where don't you had recall Sankey him ranked? being a thing. 
All right, let me move us forward to uh, something a little bit more relevant to this decade. Dave, you give me now your biggest <laughs> news item. What was in your opinion? So we'll do this, and then we'll get right into the position previews after, of course, I'll tell you about the draft-a-thon tonight and some cool things you can uh, bid for on eBay to benefit St. Jude. But, Dave, biggest news item for you? Oh, I don't know if there was anything huge that come that came out of yesterday. Um, yeah, I yeah don't, there really I don't wasn't. Know. J.K. Dobbins. The cut down day had some pretty big news bites, but I, I don't know. The Gallup isn't going to be on the pup list. And I mean, you mentioned Drake. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah I think Drake. the Ravens. The Ravens. Like, was Drake really a thing yesterday, or was that like two days ago? No, Drake was a thing yesterday, and we did talk about it on the show yesterday. Okay, but then we also right. got a report from Ian Rappaport that J.K. Dobbins may not be ready for Week One. I may have also talked about that on yesterday's show. I don't really remember. I mean, if we're counting news from this morning, then I think Sony Michelle would qualify. Look into the Chargers. Yeah, he could end up somewhere where he's got some value. So, what did you say before the show, Heath? You were talking about three late round flyer running backs. It was Kenyon Drake versus Sony Michelle versus somebody. Dave had said that I don't remember. Uh, um, Ronald Jones, but I think that that's no, a bad but the, one. there was another guy before besides Ronald Jones. But anyway, like I do think Sony Michelle would just take that role from Joshua Kelly in a heartbeat, and Isaiah Spiller is obviously behind Kelly, and there's a chance that like the one thing Sony Michelle's done throughout his career is score rushing touchdowns, and last year was really the first time we saw Snell Eckler do that. Mm. True. Um, there was it one other be, news. It would one be other. very weird if if Sony Michelle signed with the Chargers and then immediately got thrust into I mean, that. I don't think he'd take all of the short yardage work, but I think if if they spelled Eckler with Sony Michelle, they're not doing it in the passing game. Or, no, 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 no. But it would he, only think be about it. Why would they want to telegraph? Uh, it's. I guess it's one thing if it's literally the one yard line. But if it's red zone, even inside the 10, I still think they'd want to have Eckler back there to force yes. defenses to respect him as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Okay. But so, you're right. Maybe when it's one or two yards out, maybe they bring in Sony and then they're telling the defense, yeah, we're going to run it right down your throat and there's nothing you can do about it because we got Sony Michelle. Yeah. But I don't know if, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They didn't do that last year and Eckler did a good job. Brian Robinson was put on the 53-man roster, which means that he's not going to be out for the season. Well, right. it means Did they you put catch it, that video of him walking into walking, Redskins Park awesome. or Commander's yeah. Park? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, uh, it was great. I'm, I'm, I don't know why, but I was so happy to see that. So, I'm so happy that he's okay. Of course. Can't, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm just happy that he's good. Not yeah. for fantasy at all. Don't have him on any of my teams. I'm glad he's okay. He'll be back this year. Well, I want to put him on some of my teams, you know. I want to... Uh, oh, it's a great idea if your league has IR spots to draft him. When your draft is over, move him to an IR spot and well, go to your waiver wire. Well, he's currently on the IR. They haven't decided that yet. That's true, but I think they're going to. And when they do... Oh, I didn't even make the noise right. I took him yesterday in round 10, I think, of the um, league that... Pick like, by pick. Not supposed to talk about. Oh, we're not? Okay. Mystery League. Uh, sorry, then never you mind. The Forget about that whole Brees Hall segment. Oh, the Draftathon League. Oh, yeah. So, what are you guys up to tonight? Oh, dude, I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm a part of the biggest thing of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah we all lasagna are. fest in 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 Margate, Florida. <laughs> all you can eat lasagna is Draftathon night. 
We will not be eating lasagna on the air. I think we might be eating some Snickers on the air, though. Um, all right. We have a special guest. We have a lot of special guests coming on. About 20 people from the industry. But we got Debo Samuel coming on. Boom. Our Draftathon tonight with Heath. Heath gets Debo Samuel hour. 8 p.m. Eastern. He'll be on right here on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. The Draftathon, for those of you who don't know, the new listeners who are listening to this cram session, Six hours of fantasy football advice and other fun topics. We're going to get off subject. We're going to goof around. It's going to be great. We're all raising money for St. Jude. So we're bringing in industry people. Samantha Braviti, Chris Harris, Mike Wright from the Footballers, Jake Seeley from The Athletic, Donkey Teeth is coming on, Joe Pisapi is coming on, Debo Samuel's coming on. Uh, gosh, man. And about 15 others. So Isn't Jim Nance going to be Jim on? Jim Nance is coming on. Yeah, he's on the, yes. the 6 to 8 portion, which is on CBS Sports HQ. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., CBS Sports HQ. Watch it there. On YouTube, youtube.com slash today. We're starting at 7.30 with a little pregame show with Ben Gretsch and a couple of guys from CBS Sports Network joining us. And then 8 p.m. Eastern, that's when Heath will be on from 8 to 9, Dave from 9 to 10, Jamie and Nando. <laughs> Yikes. From 10 to midnight, he's just going to torture me for two hours. Uh, but it's going to be amazing. So be part of it. CBS Sports HQ starting at 6 o'clock. And then 7.30 uh, is on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. Now, Trophy Smack, a couple of things that you can get on our eBay page. We can put a link to that in the YouTube chat. There's already a link in the episode description for you listeners. Here's the Trophy Smack ring. For your fantasy league champions, they're freaking awesome. And this says Fantasy Football Today on it. It's got the St. Jude logo. Uh, so we're giving this away, or we're, we're putting it up for auction. And I've got that big championship chain sitting on my couch over there. You probably saw it a couple days ago. That's, you need to put it back on camera. All right, I'll try to do it a little bit later. Um, okay. I will. But, uh, yeah, anyway... Go to the eBay store. There are also a couple of podcast leagues, one with me, one with Heath, that you can be part of as well. Now, position preview updates. Here we go. Let's start with quarterback. It's it's a fairly stress-free position, unless you're in a very deep league. But when is the right time to take a quarterback, Dave? When you feel like you're getting a good value on one. When you feel like, oh, I'm not reaching at all. And you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm stealing this guy from the rest of the league. It's, it's got to be kind of that sweet spot. And I know it's it's a sense that you just have to have. And I think anybody can get that sense. This isn't an intuition thing. It's when you're looking at your draft, you see the running backs that are left are just kind of eh. Receivers, eh. There isn't a good tight end. But there's a quarterback that's there. And you can look at an ADP from any side of your choice. And you go, okay, this seems good to take a quarterback. Now, if you're, if you're in a league with people that take quarterbacks early, where Josh Allen is going in round one or round two, and then Mahomes and Justin Herbert right after that in round two or round three, don't panic. There's still going to be a time where you're going to feel like it's a good value on a quarterback. And if everybody else in your league is taking quarterbacks early, like earlier than ADP, don't panic because there's going to come a time where there's going to be good value on even somebody like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, not necessarily in this order. Maybe Russell Wilson, definitely Dak Prescott. He's starting to slide. Um, the only caveat is Trey Lance, where I think people are going to gravitate toward Trey Lance right around 100th overall. There's more downside to him now that Jimmy Garoppolo's staying, but there's a lot of upside too. And if you draft Trey Lance and you get another quarterback behind him, maybe a Matthew Stafford on top of the other names I gave you, I think you'll be okay. 
And I think you might even want to start Lance against Chicago in week one. Yeah, Tom Brady also incredible value. Not so he's much. the best one. It's it's unbelievable. His ADP on every site, he's like the ninth quarterback off the board, and on, it's insane. On fantasy football calculator, he's the twelfth quarterback off the board. Insane. Yeah. Like you're you're gonna. That's a, an, an insane value. He looked great in the preseason. And guess what? So did his offensive line. It was only eight oh. plays, but they protected <laughs> him all eight plays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so... Uh, what are you laughing at me for? Because, like, I don't want to... Because his offensive line is, is an issue. I mean, it's... Well, maybe not they for him. They look good for a little... Yeah, Dave, a little so bit. did the... I'm sorry, but I think we had the same conversation about the Steelers' offensive line in preseason last year. I just don't want to make too much of eight plays. I know, preseason... Off, the, the Steelers' offensive line this year looked like dog do. Yeah, last year, I'm saying. And they, and they you know... Yeah, that, but that's so 2021. <laughs> um. All right, so Heath... I do have, I mean, some people just play one league uh, and in, a, in one, you know, basically, are you comfortable? Let me start with this. Are you comfortable with Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, that group being your your one starting quarterback? Well, I mean, I can be okay with it if I have an elite team around them. I don't really want Derek Carr to be my starting quarterback, but we've talked about that a lot. I just don't think Carr is quite on the Cousins-Stafford level. But that group um, in general... There's someone in there that you're okay with as your starter if you yeah, loaded up your team. Yeah, I would really like if I have Stafford or Cousins, because I don't really like Rodgers either. So Stafford or Cousins, I'd really like to have Justin Fields as well. Um, I'd like to have the potential to have a good quarterback. And if I only have Stafford or I only have Cousins, then I feel like I have a, the potential to have a low-end starting quarterback but a low-end starting quarterback is still worse than half the league at quarterback, and I don't want to just concede that on draft day. I will say that in our drafts, that rarely happens because quarterbacks get pushed down so far that I always end up taking one um, of the good guys, whether it's one of Mahomes or Herbert or Allen, not usually Allen, or Jackson in the round four or five range or Jalen Hurts in round six or Tom Brady in round eight. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of FOMO on some like I never draft the top three guys. And I and I want to yeah. start doing that occasionally because running backs, but you know, they pop up on waivers. You can get, you know, Alexander Madison gave you three league winning week, I think three, maybe four league winning week week winning performances last year. And, you know, you you know, I just I, I never seem to draft that early. And I'm never I'm probably not gonna be the Josh Allen guy. I'll let him come off the board first. But yesterday in the pick-by-pick, or whenever that was, Monday, I did take Justin Herbert in the fourth round. And that was what you were saying, Dave. I just didn't love the running backs and wide receivers available there. And Herbert was the best player available. And I was really happy with the way the team turned out. So I I go into a draft thinking I'm probably going to wait on quarterback, probably going to be in the kind of Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, uh, Trey Lance range. But don't... Be ever be rigid with a strategy. And if there's great value with one of the earlier guys, go ahead and take it. And it's really just like, because there's probably a fair expectation of a three to five point difference between those top four quarterbacks and the guys you were talking about settling for. And I just think it's like, it's important to remember that those five points count the same as they would at running back. It's the difference and, uh, between a good running back at 15 and 15 points per game or the waiver wire replacement at 10 points per game. And I think that position will be the most consistent. It really was last year too. I don't think that's saying anything special, but the, the, the way that NFL offenses are evolving 
I feel like specialization is the thing, meaning they'll have running backs for specific roles and receivers for specific roles. I think the Patriots are going to be the front runners for this. I really do. But the quarterbacks, teams only use one quarterback, except the stupid Saints. So I, I think that it, when you're looking at those top quarterbacks, they'll be the most consistent stat producers for your team. You're going to get the most fantasy points per week from those guys, and that'll help stabilize how many points your team scores. It's it's That's really the driving factor between why I'm saying get a good value at quarterback versus in the past I'd say uh, you need a screaming value. You, you just can't believe the value that you're getting at a quarterback. I think you have to lower that standard a little bit to just a good value because you don't want to necessarily um, miss one of those top I think it's seven. I think top seven quarterbacks in fantasy. Okay. And in a 10-team league, I'm even more aggressive trying to get that top seven or top five, top whatever, whatever you consider the tier quarterback. When's the earliest you would draft Josh Allen? In a 10-team league? Sure. Still round four in the in Heath? the 30s to 40s. Heath? Yeah, I'd probably go round three. I might go round three. But I wouldn't, I, again, wouldn't panic if he and Mahomes and everybody else, Herbert, went in round one and two. There's going to be somebody there later. All right. This is kind of the easiest position, so I think we should move on. I'll just tell you that Josh Allen is the first quarterback to repeat as QB1 in four-point-per-passing <clears> touchdown <throat> leagues since Dante Culpepper in 2023 and 2024. We just so rarely get a repeat QB1, and he's done it twice in a row. Uh, there also have been... Eight quarterbacks, obviously. So over the last four years, if you look at the quarterbacks who have finished as QB1 or QB2, uh, that's eight quarterbacks. Seven of them were drafted as QB9 or later, and that is amazing. Uh, the only exception was Josh Allen last year. So you get amazing value, QB9 or later, four straight years. Um, all right, do you guys want to just give me names, just names, sleeper, breakout, bust. Heath, give me a sleeper, breakout, bust quarterback. Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields, sleeper, Jalen Hurts, breakout, Aaron Rodgers, bust. Dave? Trevor Lawrence is the sleeper. Uh, let's go. I'll, I'll say Lance is the breakout and the bust. I mean, I, I really think it's Rodgers. Okay. I'm going to agree with Heath. I'm sorry if Tom Brady is really QB twelve. He's a he's a sleeper too, a forty five year old sleeper. It, it just sounds stupid to call the greatest quarterback of all time a fantasy sleeper. Yeah. But he's not actually QB twelve on any real draft results, right? Fantasy football. I've calculator. never seen him go twelve. Those are mock draft. drafts, though. Oh, all right. I've seen him. I've seen him go for four bucks in a two hundred dollars salary cap draft. To me. Nice. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, running backs, hero RB, zero RB. What's the best way to go at the running back position? We'll tell you right after this on Fantasy Football Today. By the way, we also have some rankings disputes and some emails and more news. Uh, so stick around for that. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, 
taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Let's talk about running backs here. Most of our advice, just so you know, is kind of based on 12-team leagues. And one thing that we've noted many times in the offseason is, or throughout this draft season, is that two receiver leagues versus three receiver leagues might have a pretty substantial impact on, I don't know, I might be stretching it, might have a bigger impact on the way you draft, even more so than like half PPR versus full PPR. Uh, and two receiver versus three receiver not only affects how you draft receivers, but running backs and receivers are so tied tied together. But um, let's talk about running back here. And, you know, is, is hero RB, which vaguely is you draft one running back early and then kind of forget about it for a little while. I don't know if there's a specific round that you come back to it, round five, round six. Whenever there's a good value. Um, yeah, but if you say there's a good value in round three and that's your RB2, then you did not go hero RB. You know? Yeah, too bad. I'm yeah, happy to okay. take that value in round three. But is or hero RB two. just, a, is that a good way to go, in your opinion? One one stud and then fill in other positions. It is a good way to go when um, that's the way the league presents options to you i i think the teams i'm most happy with are the teams that have mccaffrey or one of those top three running backs and then a bunch of wide receivers and tight ends um or when i take cup or jefferson in round one and aaron jones in round two and then a bunch of wide receivers so i it's it's funny because i do like two teams that i've drafted last night and currently ongoing have three of four um Running backs, my, three of my first four picks. So I'm not opposed to that either. But I think I like Hero RB slightly more than Zero RB. I agree. I I think one of the reasons why it works this year is because there's actually some pretty good depth. When, when you get to round seven in your fantasy draft, you're going to look at the running backs that are there and you're going to recognize, okay, they're not perfect. But there is a path where you could see some of these guys being helpful for your fantasy team for anywhere from a month to maybe if things break right the whole way. And so I, I really like the hero RB strategy too, especially if I'm in a league where I have to start or where I can start four or more wide receivers. So like a lot of our mock drafts, it's three receivers and a flex that qualifies leagues where you start two wide receivers and there's two flex that qualifies too. So it, I, I like that, but it really comes down yeah, I agree with you. You can't commit to it. It just comes down to what's there when you're picking. And I, I think it's foolish to say, well, I'm going into my draft and I'm going to take a hero RB and, and you take Dalvin Cook in round one and it's round two and Alvin Kamara is staring you in the face. You're really going to take Mike Evans or or DJ Moore ahead of Alvin Kamara? Uh, no, he might it's, say yes, it's a good, it's but a good I point. won't do it. And so suddenly yeah. I'm going from zero RB to hero RB and or, or from hero RB to robust RB, whatever the hell, these names are stupid. Um, but I'm, I don't care. You need to be flexible. You should know what these strategies are so that you can apply them when they present itself, mm-hmm. themselves, whatever on draft day. Yeah, I guess the question we ran into this issue where I just kept trying to get a response that I wasn't getting, and I think I when we did the running back preview, and I don't think I was phrasing the question right. So the question is. If you are if you took a running back in round one and there's you're in round two and the best player available is a running back, 
do you feel any hesitation to take that player because running backs get hurt more frequently and seem to be a little bit more volatile? Although I think they're actually, it's really not necessarily the case. I mean, that they're not necessarily, they have the reputation of being more volatile than wide receivers, but the evidence I've seen lately has not necessarily confirmed that. But do you think that it's actually a mistake to take that running back to go RB, RB, because it's not a safe enough strategy for you because of the volatility at running back. I don't want to do anything in a fantasy football draft because it's not safe enough. Okay, but it is ignoring a little bit of risk at running back. I mean, I mean it's a risky is, position. And I ha- but I have it ranked that way. That's why I don't have as many running backs, especially in round three and round four. Like the, it, So I'm not doubly factoring in the safety aspect of it. Okay. So, okay. Fair enough. So let's say you do end up with two running backs with your first two picks. Nice. What do you do after that? Do you feel like we love, we love, and this bleeds into wide receivers. Like we love the rounds three through five wide receivers. Do you feel like you now have to hammer that at least, let's say at least two of your next three picks. If you start RBRB, at least two of your next three picks should be wide receivers. I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm not, sometimes I do this and I'm like doing a bit, but I don't ever feel like I have to okay, that's do fine. anything. Um, if I've got flex spots, um, I like I said, I've got two drafts going on right now where I took three running backs my first four picks. So no, I don't feel like I have to do that. It's really so, and these, some of these drafts have wild swings, but if I'm in a draft with Dave and a couple other running back guys, I might draft a bunch of wide receivers. If I'm in one of these FFPC drafts where everybody drafts wide receivers like crazy, I might end up with three running backs in the first four picks. I'm going to draft the value that presents itself to me. Okay, so I never, if I go running back, running back, I'm never going to say, okay, I have to do this, this, and this. But if I go running back, running back, I do say, I'm probably going to do this, this, and this. Things can change if... You know, I, there's an amazing value on Kyle Pitts or Justin Herbert or something like that. But I think just to fast forward to the wide receiver portion of this, you don't want to miss out on all of those three, four, five round. We, you don't want to miss out entirely on the uh, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, um, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas. Like, you don't want to miss out McLaurin on McLaurin is in there. Yeah, whoever you. Yeah, there's a lot of guys there. But OK, that's yes. more wide receivers. Now, Dave, hold on. Yeah, I, I would say there, there's one question I think people should answer before they go into their draft. I'm going to read off a bus, bunch of names of running backs. Mm-hmm. How excited are you to get one of these guys as your RB2? Ready? Here we go. J.K. Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards Alaire, throw Damian Pierce in there, Elijah Mitchell's in there, Devin Singletary is in there, Chase Edmonds is in there, Cam Akers is in there. Okay, you got the idea. The more running backs from the guys I just named that you like, the more comfortable you should be if it presents itself to wait on taking running backs. If you don't like any of those names, you better be ready to take running backs with two of your first three picks, if not two of your first two picks. Well, I, I, love, the, I love what you just did there because it, it is very helpful to have that idea. However, I would say that you can just decide on draft day this would be more for a full PPR league, especially one that, that starts either three receivers or two flexes. You could just say, I'm probably going to be weak at RB2, and I'm just going to crush it everywhere else. I mean, people do go with that strategy. Like Ben Gretsch would say, it's okay to be 
weak at RB2. So you could maybe not like those I guys, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, this sorry, is what Dave. hero RB strategy is. Right. Yeah. So you, you, can, you can just be perfectly fine with that. I mean, you could take your running back in round one, wide receiver round two, Kyle Pitts round three, stud wide receiver round four, another one in round five, quarterback in round six. And then there's still options for you. There's the Patriots guys. There's maybe Clyde's in round seven. Um, maybe Antonio Gibson is a good option for you. There's a ton of guys. There's the Seahawks guys. There's Miles Sanders. Um, you know, they could be your RB2 and your RB3. And I don't know if you guys heard everything I said. I could repeat it, but I, I'd be fine with a team like that. Perfect. And that's great. You've answered that question before you draft. Okay. All right. And I think it's not a bad answer. I really don't. I think it's totally cool if you feel that way. You're comfortable with it. This is your team. One, one thing that's changed that for, one thing's for me that's changed for me over time is in 2022, I am I'd rather be strong at wide receiver than running back after drafts. And I want to know how you guys feel that way. Now, two receiver versus three receiver scoring system, that could change the answer to that. But for most of my leagues, I'd rather be strong at wide receiver than running back. How do you guys feel about that? I'd, I like being strong with my starting wide receivers. I'm okay if I've got questionable wide receiver depth because I'm confident that I can find receivers off the waiver wire, particularly early in the season. I'd like to have one more starting wide receiver than I'm allowed. <laughs> okay. But again, if, if, if the like, draft falls in a way where you've got your receivers covered and you're happy with them, but so many other great options show up. There's a real-life example from the draft that we did um, yesterday. Uh, you'll see the results tonight on the Draftathon. You know who my flex is? It's TJ Hawkinson because he fell to 103rd overall. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I, I couldn't pass up that value. That was too good of a value. We already had Kelsey, Travis right? Kelsey is my starting yeah. tight end. Right. And Hawkinson's going to be my flex. I didn't plan. I'm never going to tell anybody to take two tight ends unless it's a case like that. Hawkinson's ADP is in like round seven, round eight, and I got him in round nine. Couldn't believe it. Okay, like which start do you like better? Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas. Henry, Fournette, Evans, Thomas. That one. Or Jamar Chase, Saquon Barkley, James Conner, Deontay Johnson. So again, it's Henry, Fournette, Evans, and Michael Thomas, or Chase, Barkley, Connor, Deontay Johnson. I think the second one. Not I'm not going to say the second one's bad. Yeah, they're both fine. I mean, these are good ways. Yeah. Really old. These are good ways to build your team. And then another team that was picking right after that went Mixon, Lamb, Chubb, Godwin. So these are. Two, these are four squad, three squads that went with two running backs and two wide receivers with their first four picks and probably are pretty happy with the way their teams turned out. And in all three cases, the running backs are like top 15 running backs. They're True. not from, and no running backs from the list of names I gave you earlier. All right, give me sleeper breakout bus, Heath. Nico Collins nope, is running back, running back. We're on running back. Wait a minute. Nico Collins doesn't play running back. <laughs> yeah. Well, he we probably missed around there. We, we talked about a lot of wide receiver stuff during the, uh, yes. during that section. Uh, so a running back sleeper. Um, I think my favorite, no, Tyler, Tyler Algier. I had Damian Pierce. I'm just doing names, aren't I? Okay. So my breakout <laughs> is going to be uh, Javante Williams. 
And the bust, I think, is still Ezekiel Elliott. Algier, sleeper, Javante, breakout, Zeke, bust, Dave. I'm I'm falling for Khalil Herbert as a sleeper. Uh, breakout running back, I think Devin Singletary does better than anybody thinks that he'll do. And my bust running back, Cam Akers. All right. I freaking love wide receiver this year. Really excited about it. I asked you this on the position preview. Let's do it again. I want blank of my top blank wide receivers. How many receivers am I starting? Okay, let's do it in a two-receiver league with one flex. And is it full PPR? Yes. Honestly, I think I'd be okay with two of my top 30 receivers. Um, three of my top 11. Wow. Wow. Now you say, but now hold on though, because he says that <laughs> he, he doesn't want three of the first 11 receivers taken. He says three of his top 11 because his top 11 looks a lot different than ADP. It probably includes Brandon Cooks, who's like a round five pick, right? Is that? It's, it's exactly, exactly right. I can get a wide receiver early, DJ Moore in round three and Brandon Cooks in round five. And I've got three of my top 11 wide receivers. I would not mind having four of my top 15, which gets me to Chris Godwin if he happens to fall. Yeah, he's a round four pick, round five pick. Like, if you could give me a team that starts with Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin. I think that you can probably look at Dave, Jamie, and Heath's rankings and get all the way into the 30s before you start feeling a little uncomfortable. I think once you get to... Elijah Moore, maybe he's thirty fourth or thirty fifth for all oh. three of you guys. That, like, I don't know that you want to start him in week one. You want to draft but, him? Yeah, go ahead. I think there's a lot more discomfort a lot sooner than that. I'm very uncomfortable with DK Metcalf. So, um, so they're, I'm super uncomfortable with Gabriel Davis. All right, I think uh, yes. I'm not going to say you're going to be comfortable with every single top thirty five wide receiver, but. I think you're going to find players through the top 35. You know, a lot of them you're going to be comfortable with as at the very least the number three guy. But like, where is the cutoff for you? Where do, where do you like 28 ish? 20. No, I think it's probably like where I where I start feeling some discomfort about like what's going to happen with the wide receivers. It's it might be at 23 with Michael Thomas. I Compared have no to- comfort level in what Michael Thomas is going to be this year. Um, right. But I think compared to the running backs who are going around Michael Thomas, you're not like you feel more comfortable with them either. I feel more comfortable in what David Montgomery is than what Michael Thomas is. All right, then I'm going to try to tell me, tell me if you agree with this. Okay. I just, I got to get like full ADP here and not just one position. So, and I think like I'm saying all these guys that I'm uncomfortable with, there's guys I have ranked higher than those guys that Dave is uncomfortable with also. Right. But it's different levels of discomfort. I might be uncomfortable with someone like Mike Williams or DK. You mentioned him, but I still see why I would start. Like him. Deontay. You, you hate Deontay's guts. No, 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 no. I've, I've come around. Oh, okay. The reason why I came around is because the quarterbacks have actually both looked pretty good there. Offensive line is a problem, but I think they've got quarterbacks that can, I think they're going to work around it. And I think Deontay could be more efficient than he's been in the past. I don't want to. 
I don't want to do it like I don't want to frame it like the way I see it, but I guess well, just, isn't that what you're supposed to do? No, I'm trying to get the way you see it. Well, that's what we're supposed All to. All right. Do. So so just this is this is how I see it. When you're drafting wide receivers versus running backs, running backs have kind of an edge in the in the first round. Second round is, you know, kind of a tie. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Mm-hmm. I more or less like the wide receiver values better. Once Agreed. we get to round seven, and, well, in round seven, on, it depends. It's so frustrating because it depends on the website. But once you start to get the guys like Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Brandon Ayuk, there's obviously DeAndre Hopkins, who's a special case, um, Robert Woods, all of the rookies, basically. That's when I usually have a good core of wide receivers, and I like to pivot back to running backs. And I, I feel like that's how our drafts go. I only say that I, I'm bringing this up because I don't feel like I'm completely out of the woods and out of the mainstream here. And I think it's a decent way to, to go through your draft. Uh, but do you feel the same way that rounds three, four, five, six, three, four, five, six, the values at wide receiver are typically better than the values at running back? Yes. That's um, definitely feel that way in round three. Um, probably feel that way in round four. It's tough because there are drafts I do where David Montgomery and AJ Dillon are there in round five, and there are not wide receivers that I want to take because Brandon Cooks went in round four. Mm-hmm. So it's um, I'm not sure I go all the way there. I think I, I did find the gap though because I just looked at my rankings, and I think the the place where I stop feeling comfortable at wide receiver is actually after Allen Robinson at, at wide receiver 21. I've got a 10 pick gap there with no wide receivers. And then it's like, I don't have a big gap in the thirties. I've got like nine guys all kind of ranked back to back. That's interesting. Keith, can you name a few wide receivers you have ranked behind Robinson? Um, Darnell Mooney, Michael Thomas, Jalen Waddell, Adam Thielen, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, Jerry Judy, Amon Ross okay. St. Brown. Okay, okay. Like all of those guys, I could see reason for optimism. All of those guys have pretty gigantic question marks for me. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. I just think that when you look at Travis Etienne and Ezekiel Elliott and even David Montgomery, I think everybody in that range has question marks except for the, you know, the elite quarterbacks are there. But even Darren Waller, George Kittle, they're in that range. Quite frankly, there just aren't that many fantasy football picks that aren't going to have a lot of question marks, right? You know, not everybody can be a first or second rounder. Uh, but I get it. I, I feel like we've, we feel the same way. I just was probably phrasing it a little bit differently. Um, so, Heath, what would be your wide receiver advice to somebody? Well, I mean... Like if you can get Cup or Jefferson in the first round, that's great. I'm generally not taking a wide receiver in round two. It's usually Aaron Jones or Mark Andrews. But then like it's kind of free money from there at wide receiver for me because I can always get DJ Moore in round three and Brandon Cooks is always there in round four or five. And then when we get to the double-digit rounds, I want to stockpile rookie wide receivers. I want... Dave's guy, Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson and George Pickens, if he happens to be there in your league, and Garrett Wilson and like all these young rookie wide receivers. I, I think a couple of them Sky are really Moore. in the middle of the season. You're not naming Sky Moore. I, I am less. I, I have Sky Moore behind all of those guys, yes. Okay. You have him behind MVS? I have him one spot behind MVS. Okay, Dave. Um, 
I guess we could do sleeper breakout bust. Go ahead. Sleeper breakout bust, Dave. Isaiah McKenzie is a sleeper. Been talking about him for a while. Want another sleeper? Sure. I'm going to give you another sleeper just in general and then one for deeper and especially dynasty leagues. That's that's the sleeper calling right now. The second sleeper is Zay Jones. You can literally get him with your last pick. And the dynasty sleeper is Kyle Phillips with the Titans, who's their rookie receiver. Probably going to be a slot receiver. My wife's getting the phone. Don't worry. It's okay, honey. Um, <laughs> what's odd is that I, I still think Gabriel Davis can break out if Isaiah McKenzie is the sleeper. This is where he talks about there's not enough targets to go around. This is a Bills offense that's going to throw over 600 times, and I think there's going to be Pretty high concentration on those three receivers. Bust receiver, Heath won't like this one either. I'll say Juju. Okay. Heath, sleeper breakout bust. Yeah, Juju is towards the back end of that discomfortable level for me. So I, I haven't drafted him very much. I hope he's not a bust. But um, I will say Nico Collins as my sleeper. think he has high-end flex appeal, even if Brandon Cooks is healthy and could be a top-20 wide receiver if Cooks gets hurt. Um, breakout is obviously DJ Moore. He's my wide receiver four and he's going to the moon. Um, and the bust, wide receiver four, um, wide receiver four, jeez. I like, I'm in a draft right now where Gabriel Davis just went with the second pick of round four. So oh, that's I, early. Um, it, Gabriel Davis, depending on where he's drafted, but. I don't know if there's a guy, a wide receiver who's just I'm I'm way I'm afraid Debo's going to be a, no I can't say that <laughs> not Debo uh, yeah let's say that at eight o'clock um, I'm going to ask him gonna about that awesome. he's going to be on a lot of bus lists I'm going to say like we're not worried about you we're just wondering if there's enough passing yard passing stats to go around in the new um, offense what about Jalen Waddle yeah still hurt still hurt. Like Still he hasn't practicing. practiced for three weeks, yeah. and somehow we just didn't talk about it for two, or they didn't tell us. I would tell you, man, I really hope people start freaking out on Jalen Waddle, and he becomes a round five pick. You know, I I hope we can get value on him because I haven't taken. Isn't he kind of there four. already? I think he's firmly in round four, but probably depends on the website you look at. I've I've got him in round five. Uh, okay, so Heath, just one last thing, if you could bring your projections up. Because you are just so bullish on DJ Moore. I think you're drafting him as if he is on the moon. He's busted through the ceiling. What are your projections for DJ Moore this year? <laughs> go for it. Just go for it, man. Uh, I've got about 160 targets. Okay. Uh, 97 catches. 1,400 yards. Eight touchdowns. And I would just like to say that we love as a as a unit here as a team we love Michael Pittman, um, and there's just a lot of really appealing breakout wide receivers to be had in in rounds three and four. I mean, I think AJ Brown would qualify. CD Lamb could be a breakout. AJ Brown could be could have his best yep. year ever. Best year there ever. Best year ever. Okay, Sutton tight end. Tight end. How important is it to get Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews? Dave, you took Travis Kelsey and. A league yesterday. How important is it to get Travis Kelsey, who's maybe around one or two pick, maybe around the turn, and Mark Andrews, who, according to ADP, I mean, he's an early round three pick. You might have to take him in round two. How important for those two guys? I think you have to decide that before you draft. I think that's one of the most crucial questions you have to answer. And my personal decision is that it's pretty important. I really like the teams that I've built with Travis Kelsey as my late first round pick. We talked about how there's a, there's a lot of interesting running backs when you get to round seven. 
maybe some values on running backs from the dead zone that actually hit round seven that you're happy to take. And the receiver depth, while we're uncomfortable when it gets to the 30s, there are still some decent names there that you could say, all right, I could, I don't mind starting an Elijah Moore when I've got you know a top 10 receiver playing at tight end in Travis Kelsey. So I, I don't mind prioritizing Kelsey in late round one. And I, I can make the case for taking Mark Andrews in round two. He does a better job of it than I do. But if, if, you're, if you're hell-bent on having that advantage, take Andrews in late round two, maybe even middle of round two. And if you miss on both those guys, there's Kyle Pitts. But you have to prioritize whether or not you want one of those three. You know, I I think maybe the guy who's done the best job of making the case for Mark Andrews in round two is Jacob Gibbs. Mark Andrews, route participation, targets per route run, production per route run, when Marquise Brown has not been on the field, has been the same as an elite alpha number one wide receiver. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. I think the the thing that's changed is all offseason, the Ravens were talking about, we need to run the ball more. The reports were they want to be like they were in 2019. And Andrews was good in 2019, but he was crazy in 2021, especially when there was no Lamar Jackson. And so a lot of the offseason focus was there's no way they're going to throw the ball 55% of the time. Last year, it was like 63% of the time. It was crazy for Baltimore. But let's look at their situation right now. Kenyon Drake might be their starting running back in week one. They we, we don't know exactly when J.K. Dobbins is going to be back. We assume he'll be back relatively soon. They might not get their wish. And if they don't get their wish and they have to throw more, then, oh, baby, Mark Andrews could be right there, if not ahead of Travis Kelsey. It's now way more in the range of outcomes for me than I thought it was a month ago. I found, I found the tweet, so I'm just going to say I'm okay. real quick for Andrews. Um, Mark Andrews has a 46% air yard hog rate. He gets 46% of the Ravens air yards without Marquise Brown in the field. A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson were at 49 and 47% last year. Mark Andrews had a 37% target hog rate. when tar- 37% when Marquise Brown's been off the field since the start of 2019. A.J. Brown was at 36% last year when he was on the field. Is there a difference between target hog rate and target rate? Um, I don't know that. Target hog rate. Well, the, target hog rate, I think, is just hog when they're the on the got, field. I just found the definition. Please. It's the percentage of team targets a player accounted for while he was on the yes, field. So target right. rate would be total team passes for a game. Mm-hmm. These were the, the targets that Mark Andrews got when he was on the field. Right. Okay. How, but that's, that percentage is going to be higher for, I would imagine, every player. Yes. But nobody's was higher than Mark Andrews without Marquise Brown. All right. Let's move on here. When do you draft Kyle Pitts? I think if you want to have a stud tight end and you miss on the first two, you're okay to take him middle to late round three. I, I'm on board with that as well now. There's too many running backs have fallen behind him for me. It doesn't mean I have to rank it that way, but that's th- these are this is one of the personal decisions you should make before your draft, and you should be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm comfortable with it. If I, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it for my teams because I think I want to have that tight end edge. And I'm especially, with, with all the concerns about Dalton Schultz, like before, you know, three weeks ago, I would have told you, yeah, Waller's still going to be good for fantasy, and Dalton Schultz is going to be good. But things have happened to those guys that 
make me a little squeamish, a little more uncomfortable, since that seems to be the word that we're using for the cram session. I, I, I do want to clarify that just because I, I'm now okay with Kyle Pitts in round three, I still have the same difference between Andrews and Pitts that I have between Pitts and Dalton Schultz. So I still like Andrews in round two a lot more than Pitts in round three. I would not pass on Andrews in round two thinking I was going to take Pitts in round three. Schultz is your number four tight end? No. No, was he number six, five? He is number seven. Seven behind Goddard? Behind Waller, Goddard, Kittle. Yeah. Yeah, I've got him higher than that. You guys are basically avoiding George Kittle at this point? At his cost. I am. Unless but now there is th- there is a path for him to regain relevancy if Garoppolo starts for San Francisco here. And I don't know if that's going to happen in week three or week 10. But if, if he does end up playing, then I think that that helps Kittle quite a bit. Uh, I think the presence of Jimmy Garoppolo protects the floor of those three in a way that I wasn't projecting. Because if Trey Lance is terrible, there is another choice now. But if they're winning even though Trey Lance is just okay. If Trey no, Lance is terrible, yeah, it's one thing. They won't be winning. But if if they find ways to win in spite of Trey Lance not being prolific as a passer, uh, it's going to be bad news. They're not going to just switch to Garoppolo to make us happy in fantasy land. Okay, so if we don't you know, get the tight end we want, who do we fall back on? You know, My first fallback, assuming that I don't get Goddard at a good value or Schultz, or even Kittle, is Hawkinson. Because I still think he's going to have a good target share um, when when he's playing in Detroit. I, I still feel like Jared Goff isn't going to let it rip. I don't think he'll be asked to let it rip. He's going to focus on those short and intermediate throws. It's made me more interested in St. Brown. And it's made me interested in Hawkinson if it's the right spot in a draft. And I think the green light on Hawkinson comes on starting in early round eight. You know those adventure movies when you fall off a cliff and you're always kind of like hitting things on the way down that slow you down just enough to make it plausible that you might survive the fall? Uh, Dallas Goddard would be the first branch on that fall, and I'm hoping I stick there. And if I fall past Dallas Goddard, it's probably Cole Komet, but that's a pretty good fall. And if I miss Cole Komet, then I'm just down in the Tyler Higby Evan Ingram range. So Hawkinson isn't even a branch? I don't ever find TJ Hawkinson to be at the top of my draft board. And I'm still in on Cole Komet. I know the Tyron Smith thing is not good for anybody, but and Jerry you Jones mean says Dalton Schultz. <laughs> sorry, I am also in on Cole Komet, but uh, I am still in on Dalton Schultz. Um, sure, you know, basically, if I can't get Kelsey, Andrews, or Pitts, I'm usually not taking Waller or Kittle unless it's like late round five. Maybe I'll take Waller. Uh, Schultz in round six has been kind of a strategy for me all year. I'm fine with it. And, and then if not him, probably Komet. You know, obviously everything changes if someone falls, but Komet in round like nine or something, I guess. Uh I'm I'm fine with that. And then yeah, I Higby. I don't understand why everybody hates Higby. Uh, but tight end, it's just like there's like twelve tight ends after Komet. No, I still like Dawson Knox. I forgot about him. Uh we're low on Dawson Knox compared to the industry, compared to the ADP, but not that like he I still think he's, you know. Could be the last tight end that gets drafted, top twelve tight end, or whatever. And I'm worried that be. he's. I'm worried that Knox is the one who suffers the most in Buffalo, because Gabriel Davis touchdown magnet, Isaiah McKenzie target magnet out of the slot. I think he's the one that could really see a downfall in this production. I, I someone pointed out, and Jamie brought it up on HQ yesterday, that I'm apparently lower on every single single Buffalo Bill 
than the consensus ranking, which was not intentional. You I, just see it being kind of maybe spread around more evenly or I've, something? I've got I've got no bad feelings about the Bills at all. <laughs> good. Um, that's a good thing because they're good. <laughs> they, help they, yeah, they yeah. are. Um, but, yeah, I just think it might be spread out a little bit. Okay. Or maybe not spread out enough, actually, for everyone except for Stephon Diggs. All right, let's take a 30-second break here about what's coming up on par- – oh, wait, no, you sleeper breakout bus. Break bus. Sleeper breakout bus for tight end. Go. Sleeper, David Njoku. I think he's good enough to be your streamer in week one. Breakout. You know, maybe Njoku should be the breakout, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but I'll say Pat Fryermuth. Maybe they're interchangeable. Two good late-round tight end targets. Zach Ertz is the bust for me. I will go sleeper is Tyler Higby. Breakout, well, why not just say Kyle Pitts? And bust, um, it's probably Kittle. News and notes. Kyle Shanahan did say that the 49ers are going to allow Trey Lance to play through his mistakes. Uh, we will just see how that plays out. We already told you Houston released Marlon Mack and J.K. Dobbins may not be ready for week one. Uh, they did sign Kenyon Drake. Jalen Waddle still not practicing. He's believed to have a soft tissue, lower body injury, according to Adam Beasley of Pro Football Network. He's been rolling with a sleeve on his right leg all training camp long, and he had his right ankle taped up when I saw him doing stretching exercises and then jogging to the locker room during practice last week. That's Jalen Waddle. Ryan Robinson, I already told you, he's on the 53-man roster, which means that they can put him on IR and he won't have to miss the season. He would just have to miss four games. Denver rookie tight end Greg Dulcich is on IR with a hamstring injury. So does that does that move Albert O up in your rankings, Heath? I need to make that adjustment. I will I will nudge him just a little bit, but it it just doesn't sound like having a pass catching tight end is a big part of this offensive plan, at least not having him be a pass catching tight end. They we know we know they've talked about wanting to involve the running backs, and that's something that comes from the Green Bay history. And they've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, which Russell Wilson's generally been a two wide receiver kind of guy. I just don't know that there's a big enough role for a tight end. He'll have a few good games, and maybe he'll have one of them week one against Seattle. That that I, maybe that's a good matchup. Uh, is is he going to be covered by Jamal Adams all game? I have no idea, but I I don't know if I'm convinced that he's going to be a regular target getter in that offense. Baltimore waived rookie running back Tyler Beatty. Atlanta waived running back Kadri yeah. Allison. Jerry Jones says he expect to, expects to have Tyron Smith back for the meat of the season. I don't know what that means, but I don't think you can really bank on that. He's supposed to be out until December. I think he's banking on Tyron Smith being back when the Cowboys make their glorious playoff run. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension. (laughs) Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension has begun. Sony Michelle met with the Chargers. And Ken Walker feeling better, but his status for week one is uncertain. The, the, wow, the Raiders waived their first-round pick from 2021, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, moved to guard, just a bust. And that's just that's he's going to get a lot of attention, though. Sure there are will. so many teams that need offensive line help, and he's a big old dude. I'm not saying he's good, young, big young dude. Yeah, he's he's gonna, yeah, yeah a big old young dude. Buffalo cornerback uh, Tredavious White is on the pup list, he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. And this mm. is a team that allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers last year, 
but they now will be, for at least the first four games, without both of their starting corners from last year. Levi Wallace is not on the team anymore, and Tredavious White is out at least four games. When White got hurt last year, basically every good wide receiver they faced had a huge game, except for DJ Moore, who did not have a huge game. But Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Tyreek Hill all scored 20 or more PPR fantasy points against who the Who are they Bills. playing week one? They play the Rams. Mm. And then the Titans and the Dolphins. That and rookie's the going to get tested. Uh, uh, the Colts took Shaq Leonard off the pup list. He used to be Darius Leonard. Now he goes by Shaquille Leonard. I shouldn't call him Shaq. Shaquille Leonard, not guaranteed to be ready for week one, but is Shaquille Leonard, Colts linebacker, the top player, the top defensive player in IDP leagues? No, because there's uncertainty with his injury. Yep. And Pittsburgh acquired offensive lineman Jesse Davis from the Vikings, and Arizona acquired cornerback Trayvon Mullen from the Chargers. Arizona had a pretty no, good from sec- the Raiders. From the Raiders, sorry. I put LV Another there. Raiders draft pick. Yep. Gone. Arizona had a pretty good secondary <laughs> last year. Uh, good luck to Josh Jacobs staying on that team. All right. I think uh I'm gonna give I'm gonna go two minutes on emails here. You guys ready? Yes. This is from Devin. Hey Jake. Jake, Flo, Burke, and Mayhem. I like that. Those are all, I don't know who Burke is, but those appear to be insurance commercial characters. Jake, Flo, Burke, and Mayhem. Rank these dead zone running backs. Chase Edmonds, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson. Is it Professor Burke? Is that the Farmers? Oh, probably. Um, what was the question? Uh, Pierce, Pierce Edmonds, Edmonds, Stevenson. Okay. Uh, yes. This is from Aaron in Annapolis. Hey, Derek, Brian, Trent, and Mark. That feels like something we should know. That feels like Rams. Bolger, uh, Green. Mm. Mark Bolger's with a C, though. And wouldn't Mm, there be a Kurt? Yeah. And who the heck would Derek be? Derek, Brian, Trent, and Mark. (laughs) Derek Anderson? I find myself drafting both Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. What are your thoughts on rostering both Cup and Robinson? Fine with if they're the best values when you draft. Yep. I don't avoid them together. I'm, yeah, fine with it. Okay. This last one comes from Peter. Where's Peter from, Dave? Peter is from Providence, Rhode Island. He says, Dear Jonathan, Melvin, James, and Ron. Oh, I know. Badgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grade the trade. Give up. Half PPR, give up Mark Andrews, get Javante Williams and Dawson Knox, and he'll also pick up Cole Komet. Would you rather have Mark Andrews or Javante Williams and Knox slash Komet? So when you're telling me that you're going to pick up somebody off waivers to replace one of the people you're trading for, I'm thinking maybe we should just evaluate the other two players in the deal, and I would much rather have Mark Andrews than Javante Williams. Okay. I think I I think I would too. Yeah, except the only thing is, you know, if you told me I'm trading Mark Andrews for Javante Williams, I would not think that you'd even be able to get Cole Komet. But the fact that but, you can makes it a little bit better. Yeah, I wonder who you have to drop to pick up Cole Komet. Mm, Javante. What? <laughs> Javante Williams. No, just kidding. All right, we're out of here. Thank you for this. I hope it helps. Good luck in your drafts. Tomorrow we've got... You can always tweet us. Of course. We'll be around to try and help you. Yeah, this isn't our last podcast. I should be clear about that. Tomorrow, (laughs) not even close. 
We'll uh, we'll be back with uh, bold predictions. And tonight, it's Draft-A-Thon. We'll see you 6 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ, 7.30 p.m. Eastern right here, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. Have a great day. Let's raise some more money for St. Jude. Talk to you later.